I'm happy for Candy. I'm happy for Jimbo. And I'm not angry with Candy. No. But Puerto Rico is fierce, fierce, fierce. I love this podcast. Fierce, fierce. Weather, fierce. Food, fierce. I love that drink. I love that drink. I love that drink. I love that drink. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter. And if you think I am not having our producer, Sammy, playing the gospel of Jessica Wilde in tandem with my soft and supple voice until we get our gal back on TV, there will not be space in a lifeboat for you if the SS Muse goes down. Not a one. And I am Entertainment Weekly's news director, Jillian Cedarholm. Like Lady Nightshade, I'm also sold exclusively on the black market. And in honor of our very dearly <laughs> departed queen, I am cracking open a purple acai drink right now. And I, they unfortunately – oh, 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 sorry. For one I time I only crack open. Crack right here. I'm sorry. Well, we can just – I only have – they don't have – acai seltzer so i just have black cherry it was the closest thing i got but All it's right, still well some of us uh, um, respect jessica wilde more than others i guess but let's cheers uh, yes i do i do respect her cheers your damn drink okay oh i'm cheersing okay cheers. All right. cheers 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 i love that drink i love that drink Truly, what is another day if it's not spent with Jessica Wilde? And now that we've digested our 4th of July chorizo feast from last week, we are back on our crime spree on EW's Quick Drag Podcast as we keep the spirit of Miss Wilde in the air and your cocktail glasses live from the Absolute Bottle Factory, where we are attempting to essentially put an entire unwitting public under the influence as we hijack operations and mass-produce 1,000-liter bottles of Absolute Acai Vodka and pack them into vans driven by Angina and Delta Work to deliver to every home in America. Hit it, Angina! Jillian, we've been in business for approximately 37 seconds in profits. They're already golden, child. America, how do you like it? I love that drink. I love that drink. This podcast. Before we get into recapping this episode and your interview with Jessica Wilde, we'd first like to stall talking about the pain of her elimination by shouting out Alexis Mateo's incredible recent social media alert about being a homeowner. (laughs) Post gave us both extreme delight, as did the post she made several weeks ago in full drag, smiling at the camera with the caption, sending you smiles and positive energy. So please, let's take a moment to celebrate our icons and congratulate Alexis on that achievement. I know. Never want. I don't want to 
Amber Alert, a Silver Alert. I only want Alexis Mateo home on our alerts on my phone. Yes. Yes. Same. We need to con- contact your local government to pass this into state law that um, anytime Alexis Mateo buys property <laughs> or anything at all in your state, we need uh, statewide alerts. Let's let's go with that. Um, but speaking of icons, Jessica Wilde opened this episode with a delightful reading of Alexis Michelle's lipstick mirror message. I feel like we picked up on so many small things that do not yes. even matter that we're talking about on this episode. The actual lipstick message was, you're my sister's always XOXO, Alexis. And Jessica Wilde read it as, you're my sister's always so-so, Alexis, which is a joke that just writes itself. And one of the many reasons why we love her, and she is one of the best queens to ever come through yes, this yes. series. I love this podcast. And speaking of small things that we're about to spend way too much time on, <laughs> it might have seemed like Mother Mexicatessen RuPaul entered the workroom <laughs> as normal to introduce this week's perfume ad mini challenge and the makeover maxi challenge. But we were both absolutely transfixed on Mama Ru's yes. jacket with all these yes. random sayings all over it. I think we clocked them all. They said, don't forget God, I do lady, fly girl, fly Jesus girl. is good, queen forever, pageant mom, I do baskets, I do, baskets. I do shows, number one dancer, which and a giant, I believe, in the center of, I think it was like a heart, like the human anatomy heart. Um, oh, I thought it was like, oh, behave. I thought that at first, but I actually thought that I was like, oh, it's an Austin Austin Powers yes. jacket. But no, I think I was looking, I was trying to like, you know, really zoom in on the E's and they were written the same way. So I'm pretty sure it said, I believe. Um, okay. So I was, of course, convinced that they were all some kind of secret clues for something. The next season of All Stars or the track list for Rue's next album, which you pointed out. Music must be a gospel album. In that scenario, who would be represented by like Jesus is good and Jesus is a biscuit. Latrice is back. And oh, Latrice is back. But then don't forget God. Uh, Yes. Yes, God. (laughs) Laganja's back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't understand how much time I take scrutinizing yes. clues for mass singer and claim to fame. Like everything I look at on the show, like I, my brain immediately is like, is that a clue? Like, who can I connect that to? Yeah, but okay, but number one dancer, that would be there would be too many people competing for that. Mm-hmm. And also, I do baskets. Okay, well that that I, I, I automatically thought of Zach Galifianakis from the show Baskets. So that's a, so that's he our is surprise. All Stars Nine. Yeah, yeah. Great. But in my Google quest to try to figure out more about these sayings because I couldn't <laughs> just get past it, I did discover that most of them were sold as rhinestone pins online that looked a lot like what we were seeing on this jacket. So we now think that they were just fixed to a pre-existing blazer. And the funniest thing was- Which makes it even crazier. crazy. The funniest thing was on the site that I found several of them, I clicked on view all pins because I was like, what else is there? And the first one available that RuPaul seemingly did not purchase for a jacket was one that said (laughs) Alaska. So it's like our third time- (laughs) In a row, we're on this season of All Stars oh, 8 that Miss Thunderfuck has been snubbed. And <sighs> after all that time devoted to the jacket on a second viewing this morning, I immediately texted you <laughs> that we didn't even clock that RuPaul was Real also shoes. wearing the most insane shoes I've ever seen. <laughs> Those kind of 
barefoot shoes where it's covered, but every toe has its own little pouch or whatever. And but then, but then also no heels. No support. heels. There was like, but there was like something on the very bottom of the floor, and then suddenly a gap. A horizontal so thing. It yes. was the it was the effect that like somebody has. Imagine someone in late with latex skin, barefoot with latex skin standing on tippy toes on flip-flop sandals so that like the bottom is on the ground you know who i'm gonna reference but not reference who wears shoes like this all the time is it someone you're allowed to reference (laughs) Uh, let's just say that jessica wilde took alleged inspiration (laughs) from Okay, but then who did that person take their inspiration from to get these shoes? Anyway, I looked them up and I think they were Balenciaga. I I think they're Alexander McQueen. Oh, I don't know. I found Balenciaga shoes that were pretty similar. So I think Gaga's are McQueen. Well, at first I thought the jacket might be Alexander McQueen. I know nothing about fashion. I can only even name a couple of designers, but I like I don't know. That's who it reminded me of. These look like Alexander McQueen's. Um, it looks like Rue might actually be wearing Alexander McQueen too. Um, it's hard to see because it's so far away. But if you just Google Alexander McQueen heelless shoes, they come up. But well, actually, no, Rue's weren't open toed heelless shoes. At least we're not looking up duck fucking this week. <laughs> um, I'd much rather. Oh yeah, similar to that, but I mean. <gasps> oh no! I just came across a Skechers mule. Ew! No. Okay, we have to stop. But- that was worse than the duck. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, after after this, um, look up a Balenciaga barefoot toe boot or something okay. like that. Yeah. All right, let's we'll let's that move on. While in her fashions, including a black hanky in her back right pocket in tribute to Alexis Michelle's pig era, RuPaul taught vocabulary class by praising the letter L as in lesbians while bringing out three lesbians for the makeover. I'm a strong gay woman! Which we've never had at top three before. Jimbo was paired with Amanda Faye. Angie, who has my exact hair, went with Candy, who famously has a very enjoyable lesbian mother. And Jessica was paired with Lisa. And while it was great to see them on this episode, and it was fascinating to hear people like Ange especially talk about beauty standards and people saying things to her like, oh, but you're so pretty, suggesting that femininity is the only way to be beautiful but she's like a very attractive person who was very proud of her butch identity which she like even has tattooed on her arm which i loved i mean just look at her she is just just a stunning person even Rue hit on, hit um, on her she was like you're even Rue hit on her yes <laughs> and those were very important and fascinating and long overdue conversations on this platform but it also just begs the question of why can't we just have more Victoria Scon and Cloverbish contestants like UK and Espana did? Like, what is it going to take to get cis women as contestants, either as queens or kings or non-binary performers on this program? I actually, like when you were t- saying that about Victoria at first, I was like, oh, maybe this challenge was actually inspired by Victoria. We've seen things like that before. Um, who is Who does identify as a butch lesbian and is an incredible drag queen as we've seen on two seasons now. Yeah. Um, but I like my worry there is that as we saw on Canada versus the world, some of the capital F fans were so disrespectful about Victoria mentioning how some women could be uncomfortable with the word fish, which she said in a very like 
non-confrontational conversation but it was just like she was just blasted for speaking up about it so like it's like my immediate worry is just that yes i absolutely want queens of every type on the show and i really would love to have kings i think we've seen it on dragula that it's like very easy to do it's not as hard as we think but i do think that the current judging panel i would really worry that we would like automatically be reverting to early seasons the way that we were judging drag queens on the show of like whoever is the most like transformative into a quote-unquote woman is like what we're looking for and so i would worry that like if it's just the introduction of cis women or non-binary performers as drag kings that they're going to be looking for something that's not necessarily what every drag king is going for so i would really want like someone like Murray Hill or like an established drag king or someone who just like works with, I don't know, Sasha Velour come back and be on the panel because you work with so many different types of kings and queens and performers. Somebody else who can like make those judgments without it being, you know, Zoe Deschanel there to talk about, you know, what it's like to be a lesbian. That was so weird. Um, Yeah. Zoe on this, it just feels like this season of guest judges, normally I, I enjoy the roster of guest judges, but this, this guest judging roster on All Stars 8 just seemed very like. It feels like a lot of people <laughs> donated to a charity dinner, and the prize was you get to be a guest host on Drag Race or your daughter gets to be. Because there's Maude such a big fans. donated $5. Um, but yeah, just on that, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think the time has come to mix in different types of performers. But yeah, on that note, I think like part of, part of that and what you're saying is also like was one of my. Many, I, I want. I don't want to say many issues with this challenge, but just like different s- sticking points to me. And I and and that is to say, like I loved these women coming in, and I loved like this episode in general. But I had a couple of different feelings. Um, first was well, when Rue first introduced the subjects, first it, I found it odd that they were including their full names on screen for the first time, which I don't remember ever seeing. So automatically, I was like wait, like, is there like, is there something more I need to know about these people or something? So I did like stop to Google them because the other part of like, for a non-performer, I don't think we've ever seen that. Um, But then Mm -hmm. I was instantly worried. I was like, are we assuming that these are all cis women? Like, why aren't we like introducing them that way? Or like saying like, oh, like what is everyone's pronoun? Like I did, like I stopped it, Googled them all to like make sure, like see if they like had their pronouns. Cause I was like, oh, I just don't want this to be like a cringy thing where we're, assuming people's identities we recently had that with netflix's queer ultimatum but that was the first thing i think my biggest issue here was that i was uncomfortable that these women were also unpacking various traumas and insecurities through these drag makeovers and that's so much pressure on queens to make damn sure that their subject feel comfortable and safe and that's a much that's much different than just dressing someone up for a challenge that you desperately need to win to make the top two. And this is not a criticism of the makeover subject. This is a criticism of mostly having this as a top three episode of makeovers. Like that's so much pressure. And we've seen in the past people be like, "Well, you know what? I'm just putting you in this because I need to win," um, or people compromising their drag and what they know will probably play better to the judges because they want that person to be safe. So when the stakes are so high that you like, this is like preventing you from being in the top three, that's really hard. 
And I love that we got a spotlight on the things that were discussed in this episode. The notion of what is considered the beauty standard for a woman, the balance of masculinity and femininity, how you present yourself to the world. I also like really identified with things Amanda was talking about, about like her like fatness also playing into it and atrocious fat lady clothes that we have. Um, but there were just like so many topics that I just feel like there, there's got to be, there was like a better way to have this discussed than in a top three makeover where traditionally we do see people put in more feminine drag. Um, I, just because of the thing, like people getting so emotional with these things. So like, I mean, it's something we see more on we're here or just, I don't know. I wanted it on some other episode of the show where it wasn't then they're going to put on this outfit and immediately be judged by a panel and have someone's like place in the competition at stake. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, that kind of goes against, I think the structure of the show. I mean, if you're going to do it on a different episode, you're going to have more people and you're going to have less individual time to focus on those stories. So I think it's just natural. Like we see these queen, the Queens on the show get into their personal histories and talk about traumatic things. Literally all last season, they were all unloading them to Selena Estides while she had just a full white face on <laughs> before her foundation. And like, then they go out on the stage to be judged. So I think that these people who are coming in as makeover subjects, like they know they're going on a reality show and they openly spoke about these things in the workroom. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I thought it was beautiful that we, I, I know that you do too. It was beautiful that we got to see those things. And I don't think that it, the judging on these episodes always seems like, especially this one, it seemed like it was a little bit less harsh. Like I think if Jessica Wilde had come out in the boot that Lisa came out in, uh, they would have read Jessica a lot harder. But with Lisa, they were they kind of didn't make it about Lisa. They made it more about Jessica. You put her in that boot, you know. But that was really the only sort of harsh criticism that wasn't even that harsh on this episode. And then they made them lip sync, and it just seemed it felt a little bit more celebratory versus like, oh, we're going to have you unload your trauma, and then um, we're going to rip you apart. It felt more, I think, celebratory to yeah. me. And the fact that there were only three, that's the only reason that I support having this episode be the makeover challenge. Because I do agree with you that it was just weird to have the makeover challenge this late. It was very odd and very jarring. But I think solely if we're looking at it in terms of the argument that you just made, I think it actually benefits having less there to focus on more story because can you imagine if there was like eight of them doing the makeovers like we would have gotten like a fraction of each of each person's yeah, story so if this is the show's like the bare minimum that the show is doing to incorporate lesbians into the show i would rather it be more focus with less um I don't want to say the word clutter because I don't think anybody is clutter if they're going on the show, but like less um, points to focus on makes it for a clearer message. Yeah. So I think that's just how I feel about it. I like, I think part of it, like also clouding it for me is that just like, there is the history of us not knowing how people do end up on the show, unless it is one where it's like, these are 
crew from our show. So, you know, we've had the, you know, the past things where someone was allegedly on the show because their fiance got like they cheated on their fiance and she made them come on the show to be a bride and drag (laughs) to embarrass them and things like that. So it even like took, I think one of them ended up saying something like, you know, to make like be like, that's why I thought this would be interesting to come on the show and do it or something. But we still just, I don't know. It was like one of those things where it's just like, I don't know, I don't know more about their motivation or I, I don't know. I just like always like worry. Like I don't want someone this to be like someone's breaking point. Like I I think like it was handled very well with the Queens. Like Jimbo did not force Amanda to wear the Jimbo drag, but that also like it reminded me of season yeah. 12 where whoever it was that paired everyone so perfectly. And then crystal method got the person that was like, hell yeah, I'll do Burton Ernie, like full drag. I don't care if I like, just get like, look like a feminine woman. And so that was like so perfect. And so, you know, that, that just was in my back of my mind. Yeah. I think that, yeah, the line between competition and real people, I think is what you're getting at mm-hmm. here. And there is a conflict sometimes. Um, and I do think that that was another point that I wanted to make about Jimbo coming to the season like fully prepared in a way that I think we haven't well obviously that she wasn't able to do on Canada's Drag Race season one because she didn't have a legacy to build on but that she didn't really get to do on UK versus the world is she has done so much of incorporating self-references this season she is always carrying that fan with her little ghost on it she did the lip sync as the little ghost with the baloney she brought back Joan for the uh, roast challenge and this would have been another reference to a Jimbo in the past. So I think that that would have potentially, I think if Jimbo had done that, we might be looking at a Jimbo winning a fifth challenge, but I think that uh, we have a lot more to get into with this, but I do want to hear your idea for the all-stars makeover challenge in the future. Yes, But just on that note, my other really big issue <laughs> not that big of an issue but whatever comically was why like we had kitty wild great cookie cookie muse great sissy delicious what the hell does that have to do with jimbo who is a a self-reference i was like why not bimbo or shimbo or janebo or jimberly i just i didn't like it um but okay into my idea so i was i was like obviously spending way too much time thinking about this makeover challenge and i was thinking about how because of all the reasons i said i really enjoy the ones where a family member came back or a friend or a drag sister someone who didn't have any kind of like personal investment or something at stake in wanting to look really good or have this personal drag experience of their dreams. But then I thought of what I really want to see because this is all stars. Why have we not had an all stars makeover subjects, meaning all the past iconic makeover subjects come back as all stars of their own to be made over by our (gasps) drag queen. So we're talking (gasps) Janet, the planet Sarge, Miss Cookie, Naomi's gal from the Wizard of Oz makeovers, Nebraska Thunderfuck, and obviously the most iconic non-drag performer ever on the show, Judy Garland's confessed murderer veteran Dave. So that's that's my big That is so genius. I'm so glad that you did not tell me that beforehand because I am genuinely, (laughs) that has been the most exciting thing that I have heard in the past 24 hours. I really love that idea and I do think that I hope that they are listening because they need to make that happen. That is such a great fucking idea. Thank you. 
So despite our issues, well, my <laughs> multiple issues, whatever, I talk, I love the challenge and I love these lesbians, but this was still a relatively tame makeover challenge. None of the looks were super gaggy and it felt a little underwhelming, but I mean, probably because it was yeah. top three, whatever. Um, they so were all done. They were like, not a challenge. They, not were, they were all, yeah. And you also, I mean, yeah, we know that people come into a makeover challenge like yes. with prepared makeover or like outfits too. So I just think like, I don't know, whatever. For a top three episode, I wish that we had at least had the makeovers in the past where like that's the episode that Rue doesn't send anyone home. Like she's done that a couple times, I think, in regular seasons. And so I would have been fine with that if the surprise, I mean, you know, especially to keep Jessica, but if the surprise was after all that, the big drama and stress of like this being what could send someone home that like everyone gets to say great but unfortunately that's not what happened jessica and jimbo landed in the bottom with candy winning so who were your favorites and least favorites on the runway and the little lip syncs that we got i just wish that like for once somebody would just like fuck up really bad on this season and then make <laughs> it easy like to say who was the top and the bottom oh, but yes, yes, yes. I, I, like i just Again, there were just, there's nobody, not one of these looks I look at and think, well, that was bad, or they deserve to be in the bottom. Like, I think you could make a case for any one of them winning or being in the bottom too. Um, I think that Jessica's, while you know I do appreciate a Lady Gaga reference, I think that this is a Lady Gaga reference for people who maybe, like, don't know that much about like gaga's fashion or style like i don't i didn't really get too much gaga from it but i think okay, she looked it wasn't good. it wasn't a gaga runway though like the point wasn't it was just that I people know. were like oh the a, silhouette reminds me vibe. of yeah. a classic silhouette that you would line and is, come up with this woman it was pretty i thought jessica looked great i thought that um kitty looked great i thought the hair actually looked really good on jessica um and i thought that Probably the biggest transformation, obviously, was Ange and Candy. I mean, they looked like Tracy Turnblad from Hairspray. I thought it was really fun. It was colorful. Um, and then Jimbo's was was like fun too. I mean, it was a glamorous look, and it like they were all just fine to me, and not in like a meh fine. Like they were fine. Like it was nice. It looked like they were all could just like hop on a mic at a bar and just do their thing at a normal show. Yeah, I think we usually see that with every makeover challenge. Um, the last time I think I remember being like truly stunned by a makeover challenge probably was maybe season 13 when Simone and Utica did theirs. Or maybe I have loved all the season ones 12, where it was Crystal a Method. queen and another queen. Yeah, those ones are always Pearl fun because Trixie they all, was cool. yeah, yeah. But I think it's like, you know, usually it's just like they, the queens are bringing makeover things that this is the other thing where it would help to have like an in-house designer that they come up with a vision for a designer can make it yeah. and they can put it on the runway because usually with the makeovers, this is usually what we get is like prepared things that the queens are like not knowing the body type of the person that yeah. they're getting, the height of the person that they're getting. And it's just like they kind of bring these standard, not, I don't want to say standard, but they bring these things that are like not inherently just not able to be fully elevated to the next level in a way that i think some of the other runways can be because designers are making them specifically for the queens so you're automatically at sort of a step down with the makeover challenge anyway so yeah i think i would rank them maybe like in terms of actual transformation candy jessica jimbo um but again they were all 
I think they were all good. They were all solid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would have loved to see if Jimbo, if if Sissy was comfortable wearing the Jimbo's first outfit. I think that could have been a lot of fun, but obviously yeah. you want her to feel comfortable. But yeah, I thought Cookie slash Angie really just like put her all into it. Like the yeah. choreography, it was really cute. So, um, you know, it seemed like she was not a trained dancer, but was really mm-hmm. like into just doing it. So I thought that put them a step above. And yeah, yeah, it was a nice transformation. And while I think we've been talking about the hand of the show becoming more obvious recently, and I have truly, and I can't say it enough, immensely enjoyed the format and everything about All-Stars 8. I think this episode structure was very painfully, obviously concocted, and I did not like it. It made me uncomfortable. I mean, narrowing down the top three to the top two this way felt already very odd. And we usually don't get a top three narrowing down to a top two in a separate episode with a makeover challenge of all things. But then for the lip sync assassin bit, Rue said that in the event of a tie, which obviously there would be with Jessica yeah. and Jimbo, both in the bottom, that even if the lip sync assassin won, the deciding vote would fall back to candy. So there was no reason that they needed to do it like this. The lip sync was then essentially irrelevant because either Candy was winning the money and voting someone out or Candy was losing to a lip sync assassin and then not winning the money. And then Jessica and Jimbo were going to vote for each other and it was going (laughs) to revert back to Candy. So Candy had to vote without getting money. Like just have the judges determine the top three. I think that would have been fine. Yeah. And it also like rude said all that before they had even come back to vote and it was just like automatically just going back and like being like what do you do so it's all just going to be about pleading the case to candy so yeah i thought that was just absolutely ridiculous filler it would have been like a very high stakes thing to happen in a different episode but like yeah i did not enjoy that yeah i and i think we just I don't know. I think that the whole assassin thing it furthered this theory that like Chanel might be coming back for future all stars, Raja O'Hara, obviously, and this latest lip sync assassin, um, Jillian, what's her name? What's her name? Well, both of them. Um, <clears throat> I think it's pretty obvious that they're like setting up for like getting these people in front of us for an all winners too, probably. Um, I, I think that that's the, the the reason that I can think of as to why they would maybe want to still have this format carry on through the top three episode. But ultimately, uh, we did have to say goodbye to Jessica, which I don't know if it would have been the same outcome if the judges had to determine the top three and there was no winner over this challenge. Because usually we do see, like I think back to season 11, where there's no, even though Evie was called first, to go to the finale she technically didn't win that challenge i think that they probably would have just done it the same way and not had a winner of this challenge and then just narrowed it down to a top two or just like do what rue does sometimes and be like all of you are the top three or whatever like what could that have hurt to have also had jessica wilde in the top three like what yeah unless (laughs) there's something we don't know about how they're voting on the top three but if rupaul's just choosing yeah, if Rue's like, just choosing, it doesn't really make any yeah, sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make sense that like Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I can't think of a, a reason why it would yeah, make sense. I but can either. On the point of having the lip sync assassins or not, like I, I do I think <sighs> lip sync assassins were fun 
I love, you know, guessing who they are before the curtain goes up or whatever, but I think it's run its course and let's find another way to get alumni in, especially now that it's like suddenly goes from this exciting thing to being like, oh, this is promo for them coming in and now it's yeah. like more predictable. Yeah. I I do miss either I need a complete shakeup or I want to go back to having a top two because it is interesting to think about how the stats would be back when we had two two people winning. And so even when you had like the top two of the week, they're both like fan stats wise considered the winners. And, you know, and then one gets the wins the lip sync and has that responsibility. But I think track records like would be a little bit shaken up. And so I, I looked into this. And so there is no, there's not a good way. I thought that Lux rules of like whoever's name is said second or third it like means that they're top safe or whatever. And I was like, oh, so it'll be easy to go back and see who would have been the second winner of each episode. But Rue actually said things in a way that didn't make it clear. It wasn't quite how she announces. She was just like, you know, this person wins and you, you, and you are safe instead of like saying the next person with a dramatic pause. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just counting their person's real win and then every time they were top. So like what they could have potentially ended up with. Totally Jessica would have had. Yes. So but J Jillian math is never good. So who knows if I'm right. But <laughs> Jessica would have had up to five wins at this point. Candy would have had up to four wins. Mm -hmm. And Jimbo would have had up to seven wins. Wow. So um, that said, like I know that Candy and Jimbo are such close friends and they've been in an alliance this whole time. But did she really, does she really, like does that friendship trump her potentially winning like do you like is it really a smart move to go in against this person who has practically won nearly every episode versus someone whose track record is very similar to yours going into winners and knowing that rupaul is like gagged by jimbo constantly yeah yeah i don't Just, know i don't know it's that's a very interesting question but um hmm. yeah now you've got me thinking about that because i never really i guess seriously considered candies hmm well if only we were on a platform where we can potentially ask candy muse this question in the next few weeks so next week we have this special fame games variety show this is apparently where the talent show we wanted early yes. is which i am excited that that means we have nearly everybody in the talent yes. show oh, but it's weird because this episode would have been alexis michelle's first fame games runway which we obviously didn't have because <gasps> oh, of the makeover yeah. challenge and now jessica is out just before that and just before the vote opens so there's no way we could judge either of them on their fame games runway yeah. which is weird and there's, I just think there's no That's way that people are only this. basing their votes mostly on the looks that yeah. we've seen in the Untucked. Which also, like, did, were we ever told that there was also this other Fame Games thing? Like, I know I never no. understood it, but this is like a surprise. I wanted to point out that Selena S. Titties actually did a vote about this on a Twitter <laughs> poll. And she said, okay, wait, so are we voting for Fame Games based off Runway Package yeah. or this variety show or both? Or y'all just picking this? your fave? <laughs> I voted in this. I what did you vote? I, voted. I won't say how I voted. Um, I will. But, okay. Wait, are we so, allowed to vote in the Fame Games? <laughs> 
Oh yeah, actually, probably, probably not. I'm not planning yeah, okay, to vote. Okay, we won't vote in the fame games. We're, we can't. we're journalists. Yes, we can't um, vote in the fame games. All right, we're recusing ourselves from I the guess, fame oh, games. God, this is like there is like the debate of like should journalists vote for a president? Like if you are a political journalist, which is like oh, whole can of But anyway, yeah. okay. But on the very low stakes fame games, Paul, it's essentially our president. <laughs> no, let's be real. So true. <laughs> Okay, so the votes were majority of the people said that they're picking their fave, 42%. Runways only, 25%. The variety show, 1.7%. And then uh, runways and variety show, 31%. So that was interesting, but it just feels like, it just feels to me like if there is a clear best at the talent show, like someone just like blows everyone away, that's probably the likely winner. Or probably just a fan favorite queen who... Went home really close to the end, and I'm guessing that Jessica or Lala would like have a lot of just like yeah, I know. There's no way that it's not going to be Jessica or Lala, and also I'm just it is amusing me to no end that we're sitting here being like we're journalists, we can't vote in the same (laughs) games. But that is true. No, it's just it's very funny that we have to recuse ourselves from the fame games. Uh, Yeah, I, I think there's it's. I mean, I would be willing to bet that it's going to be Jessica. Um, and I mean, it's going to be interesting too, because they're obviously not like they've already filmed the finale. So, I mean, the fame games winner is like, how are they going to, I'm assuming they're going to reveal it on social media or maybe they'll reveal it oh. with like a title card after the, the show or something. And then they'll film it on YouTube or something. I don't know how they're going to do that. Well, but- are they doing the very open secret that they film multiple Not endings of the, of the top two? Everybody <laughs> every single you know having maybe to sit there saying it through every single one. Oh my god, maybe they did. That would be so funny. Oh my god, I fucking hope that they do it that way. Literally, RuPaul reading nine names. Oh my god, nine names as the Fame Games. They all have to do fake Fame Games winner reactions. Oh my god. <laughs> I want to see Nasha Lopez's, honestly. Can you imagine Nasha's? But if you... Okay, even though we are recusing ourselves from the Fame Games, we are not voting in the Fame Games, who would you have voted for in the Fame Games if it was just based on runways? Well, see, that's why... That's the thing I guess that I've never quite understood is if we were basing it on every single runway from before they were limited to now or only the eliminated fame games runways meaning that like jessica and alexis are out of the running and it's yeah the alexis bit is really unfair i i think regardless of how you feel about alexis michelle that is very unfair that she gets eliminated right before the makeover so she doesn't have a runway and but social Ugh. media are also counts, so she can go find so a lesbian on the street, yeah. give her a makeover, put it on Instagram, and win this thing. <laughs> yes. Which I would watch a documentary of Alexis Michelle finding her lesbian to make yes. over. I love that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. Because I think if I were voting based purely on runway... I probably Kahana or Darian because I think Darian had some really interesting like looks that meant something personal to her. Um, 
Yeah, I I don't know. There wasn't anyone that I was like, oh, this absolutely blew me away from the fame games that I have to like. Nisha was good. This person, Nisha, I think, I mean, and also because she was out so early, we've seen so much of her and she like did impress me. But there wasn't like one one outfit that I was just like, this takes everything over the top to me. And I think for that reason, I probably, now that we know we're having this variety show, like I probably would put a lot of my vote into – what they do at the variety show, unless I do just pick my fave. But I also yeah. have a couple, like Heidi's out of the running. That probably would have been my pick for runways and yeah. every other part of it, going yeah. honestly. And then, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Cause even then, I mean, like in terms of just people that we've been openly rooting for on this show, and as we've said, it is so subjective. It does not say yeah. anything about the other queens, but just Lala and Jessica, Jessica and just Mala. completely Absolutely. won me over. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just to like see them win anything, like we would can be just vote for amazing, them for so. president because we're not political journalists. So we'll just do write-ins for Jessica exactly, Wilde. Yes. The and next presidential Lala election, we yes. only write them in and we do not and, vote at all for right. our leaders. And we can just hope. Oh, no, wait. Okay. <gasps> okay. So Jessica Wilde, we vote for for president. When Jessica Wilde is president, she appoints Lala Ree, aka Sherry Coleman, to the secretary of the Department of Defense. And we have our administration, even though Jessica yes. Wilde did unfortunately there declare war on Candy Muse as she pulled away in her untucked van this episode, <laughs> which I love. She was like, Candy Muse, I'm going to kill you as the car pulled away. Which oh is my iconic. God. It was so great. Yes. Well, she's only been gone for a matter of days, but we're already parched beyond words. Yes, we love that drink almost as much as we love Jessica Wilde on this podcast. And it pained us, but also inspired sweet dreams of a golden child to talk with her about her heartbreaking elimination, her thoughts on Alexis Michelle telling her she couldn't pick her lipstick before picking her lipstick, how she felt about Candy voting for her. She also gave us our already iconic new soundbite of I Love This Podcast, which we are incorporating into our theme song, which for those of you who don't know, is a remix of Bianca Del Rio doing a soundbite from our season six recap. So stay tuned for a hilarious interview with Jessica Wilde coming up next. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Hello and welcome back to EW's Quick Drag Podcast, where today I am unfortunately here as the harbinger of doom to inform our dear listeners that yes, your sweet, sweet dreams of a golden child have turned into a nightmare after we said a very painful goodbye to my next guest on this week's episode of All Stars 8. But given who my next guest is, it's still a beautiful nightmare, you could say, that has a sweet kick more powerful than a golden shower of acai juice all over your face to discuss all of her sister's escondolo and the joy she brought us this season. Please welcome the always lovely, the always hilarious, Miss Jessica Wilde. Hi, Jessica. How are you doing? Here I am, Jessica Wilde. Escandalo. 
I love it. I could listen to you talk all day, Jessica. I'm just, I'm so sad that it's getting cut short. That feels weird saying that it's cut short, even though you made the top three, but like, I still need more Jessica Wilde in my life after this. You were so good on this season. Baby, this is just the beginning. I know, this that's right. This is the beginning of everything. And if you miss me so much, take me home. I eat a lot, but... <laughs> <laughs> I know you can handle me. Uh, oh, absolutely. I uh, We can more than handle you, Jessica. I'm just wondering for the pod, can you maybe give us like something that we can maybe use for the rest of this podcast? Because it has been like a running joke that we love that. Well, not a joke. It's very serious that we love this podcast. So we would like to use for the rest of our time here. Could you give us like a reading? Like you would say, I love that drink. Like maybe like, I love this podcast. All right, let me let me do that. <laughs> I love this podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. You just made all of my dreams come true, as you did on this season. I mean, it was such a good season, both in terms of what you did on the show, and then also, I mean, it was really good TV, like really, really good TV. I'm, I'm a huge fan of my own season. <laughs> yes, yes, you are, as you should be. Alexis Michelle told me last week in her elimination interview that you two actually were very close friends during filming. And she also told me that, um, because there was a moment last week when she told you, I love you, I can't pick your lipstick. She told me that that was more of like a dialogue and not meant as a promise that she wouldn't vote for you. So how did you interpret her saying that in the moment? And how did you feel knowing that she did vote for you after saying that? Well, in the moment when she told me, I can't, I can't grab your, your lipstick. To me, it was like, I, I'm not gonna <laughs> grab your lipstick, but I didn't, I didn't take it like, oh, if you don't grab my lipstick, I'm not gonna grab yours. I was like, that's your decision. Fine. If you don't grab my, if you don't grab my lipstick, thank you. But I'm going to grab yours because I'm voting based <laughs> on whatever, on, on what the judges are saying at yeah. this point, you know, and from the four of us, we did great in the uh, roast. Yeah. I, I think we all did great. No one did a horrible job. I but agree. She had the, let me say like the little worst critics. So based mm -hmm. on that, I made my decision. Yeah. But but it's not her feeling. She was playing the game in, in the way that I think whatever it was working for her. But I know she loved me. We have a, a friendship. We have a sisterhood. And she helped me a lot there going through, go through a lot of situations. Example, I remember one day that one of my outfits doesn't fit. And she helped me to, to feed it. Uh, she, she, she let me borrow one of her wigs. She was helping everybody there, to be honest, not just me. Yeah. And, and, you know, Alexis is sweet. It's just that things happen in the competition. When you are competing, it's, you became another person sometimes, you know, <laughs> and you, you want to survive. You want to survive. And I think sometimes you want to be, in a good position with everybody that she don't realize that worse things are going to happen sometime if you don't really speak your mind. I, I don't know. That's, that's yeah. the way that I think. Yeah. 
No, that makes sense to me. And I think that it's unfortunate that we see a lot of the fandom you know, interpreting things that maybe aren't there because these are real people. You have real relationships. So I'm wondering what you thought of all of the memes this season, particularly the memes that seem to suggest that you really had a certain feeling about Alexis. That I was annoying. Yeah. Were you? Well, let me tell you, uh, <laughs> I don't share, I don't share them in case that that's going to support a bully or something like that. But what right. I call Alexis and I told her, you know what? How do you feel? Whatever. Because to be honest, to me, it's hilarious. I love all of them. They are <laughs> super funny. And, and I live for them. That's mm-hmm. the way that I'm taking all this. But, um, I, <laughs> my first expressions, you know, I, I, I love them, but I think I do them. All the time when, you know, when, when people is talking to me or something, I don't know, because you, you learn stuff from yourself. You know, you, I don't see myself 24 hours in front of the meter. So maybe it was just a concern phase. I don't know. But so you Alexis, weren't really was, annoyed. No, because he was crying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know that. <laughs> That's if if that face is because I was like, what's going on? Maybe you know. Uh, but I just love it. I just love it. And Me too. This is this is a show. I cry if it's something like really emotional. But Alexis is emotional twenty four hours. You know. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, she definitely is. Um, she. <laughs> yeah, because I think even Rue, when Rue came back into the workroom and sh- she was like, "You've been crying all season," but uh, oh, so it was yeah. a really funny moment. But I do want to talk about this challenge too, because we got the fan favorite makeover challenge. We all love the makeover challenge where you all welcomed a trio of lesbians into your drag families for makeovers and. I, I thought your look was very cute. Um, I'm a big Lady Gaga fan, so I, you know, it was nice to hear you reference Gaga and your makeover subject. I thought also looked gorgeous, but the judges did point out one thing, and they said that you had her in a very like sensible boot. So I'm just wondering how you ar- arrived on the decision to put her in that boot while you were in the sort of patent leather um, thigh high boot. Like, was there more to that story of why she was wearing the boot? Well, at the, at this point. They need to find details to tell you yeah. something because, and there's no excuses. But my 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 poor Kitty Wild, she had a little feet. It was so difficult to find a shoe for her. Plus, she can walk in heels. Yeah. So, th- thank God she had those because. I, I was fighting to find boots for her, at least something, because everything was painful for her. Everything was uncomfortable. And I want her to at least walk. She can walk with anything. And I'm like, well, baby, at least you are on something. And she was very cute. It's not um, that it was my my full decision. You know, she's a human. I need to listen to her. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and she was uncomfortable with every shoes. She thank you know I'm thankful that she didn't wear others that they were horrible, but mm-hmm. she was comfortable. I was yeah. just thinking of her, but I'm not gonna 
wear flip flop because she can walk in heels. Send me, <laughs> send me home. Send me home looking great. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know that was my feeling. I'm like, no, no. You know, like, um, it's so sad that this um challenge doesn't depend 100 of of on me mm-hmm. because I'm 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 with her. I need to listen to her. Yeah. And in those boots, she was a little comfortable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why. That's so sweet. No, I love that. It was all about her comfort. It was Mother Jessica making sure that her new drag daughter felt comfortable. I really yeah. love that. Yeah, may- maybe maybe I should wear something similar. And me thinking, like after, I was like, oh, I I have similar boots in my stuff, but I completely forgot about them. You know? But you can't you can't go back. No, no. And I think that you you both looked you both looked really great. But unfortunately, though, in the end, you and Jimbo landed in the bottom. And I mean, obviously, you both voted for each other. But then you spent a lot of the season, I think, saying that you couldn't vote for Candy and you didn't want to vote for Candy because you were proud that you were both representing for Latinas this year. But in the end, I mean, it was heartbreaking. I mean, Candy did vote for you to leave. So how did you feel? the moment that Candy pulled your lipstick? What was going through your mind when you saw that she had pulled your lipstick? I was ready for any decision. I was ready. And even, you know, I, I love myself and I did a great job, but Jimbo had four wins. So I think it was fair to Jimbo because mm-hmm. of the winnings, you know? I was just thinking on, on that. Like, Jim, Jimbo, it was her first her first time in the bottom. I think as much as I want this, Jimbo deserve it too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a fair person. I just being there for me in the top three, I know I'm gonna make the coin. I'm gonna do I'm gonna um make my dreams come true. I'm fine. It's not that I'm leaving the competition defeated and and angry. I'm I'm going home because an amazing entertainer is taking that place. Is is you know, mm-hmm. Jimbo deserve it. I deserve it, but it's just one spot. Yeah, I think I think it was gonna be better. The three of you go to the final. <laughs> yeah, I do too. But, I know, but it's not that that Candy broke my heart. And, I took it as a joke, like, fuck you, Candy. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> but it's a, it's a joke. Uh, um, yeah, it was, it was going to be amazing for me to fight for the crown. It was just two more episodes. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm watching the show, that I'm getting all the, the love from the people that... The, the especially the Latin community and the Puerto Ricans, they are like, oh, she's gonna bring the crown. Oh my God. You know, and I'm like, wow, I was close. At least to 540. You know? Look, you you don't need, I don't think you don't need a crown to represent well for people as this show proves. You know, any I mean look, your your first season was you know, all the way back in what, 2010 and you're back now and you have so mm-hmm. many more fans now. So it's like, it's just proof that you don't need a crown to represent yeah. well for people. And I but, think a lot of people good. were very happy. And more than the money, the title, mm-hmm. you know, to go back to, to, for example, if I go back to Puerto Rico with the crown, baby, it's like a Miss Universe one. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's an yeah. if I like experience. It's is a you know, it's a title is you that you are the drag superstar and RuPaul representation as a winner. It's just that yeah. because I feel a winner. I'm getting all the love. That's my biggest prize. And yes, it's just little feelings that you have that you were really close to fight for the crown. You yeah. you want to, yeah, yeah. Of course you want the crown. You want the title. But I'm happy for Candy. I'm happy for Jimbo. And I'm not angry at all. Good. With, with Candy. No. Great. But Puerto Rico is. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> not declaring I'm war like, on candy music. I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> but Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Jessica, you cracked me up. Um, Alexis did tell me last week in our interview that the queens in the cast had maybe hoped that the format would be more like All Star 7 with no elimination. So were you also maybe hoping for that when signing up for All Stars 8 that it would be a no elimination season? No. I was ready for eliminations. I was ready for all this. Uh, it's exciting. You know, I think people love um, this format. Like, oh, the lipstick. Oh, who's going home? I think great. You know, maybe yeah. like maybe if you call me again now that I did this one, I don't want to go home if you bring me back. I've been through a lot. Don't 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 invite me to, to anything to send me home again. <laughs> maybe we just need a whole Jessica Wilde show. I think that's what oh, we need. A yeah, whole maybe, TV series. Maybe or maybe a drag race, you know, Puerto Rico or mm. or Caribbean or whatever. Like yes. call me. Yes. Call me and I will be there. But at this point, I think I've been through a lot as an artist. I prove everything. I don't need to prove any any. I don't need to prove more. Is that you know mm. what Jessica Wilde can offer from now? Call me to be a special guest. Call me to be the host. Call me to do a movie because yes. it's my time. So you're saying that you would absolutely, if they asked you, host like a Drag Race Puerto Rico? Yeah, of course. I love that. It's, I want it, you to it, do that as well. And, and, and I think I will give the the mother image like 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 RuPaul because I have trajec trajectory is the word? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trajectory. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I think that that would be really powerful to see you as that. The last thing that I want to ask you though is, I mean, because you do have such a legacy on the show and I remember before the season, you and I, um, when we did those video interviews, we spoke about queens whose first language is Spanish and how they were received on the show many years ago versus, mm -hmm. um, you know, how it's maybe changed now. And I know you said previously that you felt nervous about language back on season two. So I'm wondering if you had those same anxieties when going into All-Stars 8, or did it feel better for you this time around, looking back at how the season unfolded? It feels better because I was more secure, because now I don't care um, if, if, if I don't know a word, I'm going to find out another word. If I need time to think and translate in my head, I'm going to take that time. And more confidence. I don't care anymore. Those years, you know, I was, it, it, it was like straight from Puerto Rico to film a show in, in, in United States. Like it was very difficult because I was all the time speaking Spanish. 
And through these years, I push myself to to talk more English and to learn more. It's not perfect, but I don't need to be perfect. So I went to All Star more concerned about challenges and not about how I sound or if I understand something or not. If I survive season two, I'm going to survive All Star A even better because at least now I understand what is happening around me when people when when people are speaking english even if you are talking fast i understand what you are saying those years i was completely lost and i'm proud of myself yeah watching myself expressing myself i'm i'm super proud of myself about my english that i improved and and other thing that i give validation to myself is that i speak two languages you know like i do yeah I can survive in, you know, like in English TV or in or Spanish TV. Mm-hmm. It's like let's do this, let's do this. Yeah, of course, I'm faster in Spanish, but it's <laughs> not that I can survive in English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're doing, you know, multiple languages, and most people are only doing one. So, I mean, Jessica, you just—I mean, you were talking a little bit about making people proud. I think you have made so many people proud this season. You certainly have done wonderful things on All Stars Eight, and I wish you nothing but the best after the show as we continue to watch where your career goes. Hopefully, for host of Drag Race Puerto Rico, we're putting that out into the universe. Yeah, let's put it in the universe. Let's put it in the yes. universe, and I'm gonna be doing more stuff that you're gonna get prouder and prouder. Yes, yes, we love to see it. And I want to tell you that anytime. You want Jessica Wilde in your podcast or anything? I'm here for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jessica. That means a lot. We will definitely keep note of that. And um, here's the next time we get to talk, uh, manifesting it sooner than later. (laughs) Thank you so much. And don't forget to like every Taco Tuesday to have your tacos with carne asada and extra guacamole. Well, Jillian Closet and I have officially flooded the basement of the Absolute Vodka production facility with our acai tribute beverage. I am currently using RuPaul's sci-fi cell phone ringtone to charter the SS Muse to come pick us up. Okay, I feel like we have to we have to explain the sci-fi cell phone ringtone because that did not happen. That was only show. for us, but now it but can be for everybody. We ha- yeah, it needs to be for everybody. Wait, what is the name of the the podcast oh, that no. Michelle and Ru did? Is it What's the Tea? Okay, so. On an episode of that, that it was only Michelle, or it was only RuPaul. Michelle was gone that day, and the guest was Matt Rogers, who, as we all know, is the per- one of the two people who got me into Drag Race, not Joey. We learned on the show. whatever. Um, and at one point during their interview, this there's suddenly this alien sound effect keeps going off, like you're like the X Files is starting or something. And it's like going off repeatedly. And then at one point, it comes up that it's that it's RuPaul's cell phone ringing. And so it means that RuPaul's choice of ringtones is that we like that standard, like whatever alien UFO sci-fi, really high pitched, like the most ringtone to have going off all day long. And it's absolutely iconic. And Joey and I are obsessed with knowing this fact. And now you all know. We need to look it up and just picture that.
If we survive yet again, please tune in next week for another episode of EW's Quick Drag tied to next week's extravaganza of an episode. Thank you so much to everyone who voted in our first ever Spotify poll. And these are the results of our question to you. If you were Jimbo, whose lipstick would you have picked in the last episode? 54% of you said you would pick Alexis's lipstick, followed by 40% of you picking Candy's. Just under 6% of you picking Jessica's and zero people wanted Jimbo to self-eliminate. So this week, if you're listening to us on Spotify, the question will be... Based on Jilly and Closet's proposed All-Stars returning format for makeovers, which would welcome back iconic past makeover people who should come back. And so option one, Janet the Planet. Option two, Sarge. Option three, Nebraska Thunderfuck. And option four, Dave. Dave. So please vote and please also uh, rate and review us on whatever platform you are listening to this on. And until next week, continue to love that drink. Continue to love and stand Jessica Wilde and have have an an acai night. Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolte and Jillian Cedarholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. This weather, cloudy weather. Ooh, I love this podcast. Since I was a kid, I always knew I wanted to be a superstar. So my mom signed me up for dance, music, and acting lessons. But on RuPaul Drag Race, they asked me to do something I never did before to sell something. Very asakaki. They told me I was not pronouncing the name correctly and they sent me home. Que scandalo. So I practiced. Very what? And practice makes perfect. And here I am with my own commercial for absolute vodka. Very asai. I love this drink. 